Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply if you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr. Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Back to normal this week. Last week we had a special drunken podcast recorded on the way in the car on the way back from Old Trafford. You sent that to me about 12.30. Yeah. And you seemed unsure at the time whether it was going to pass quality control. Yes. And Jim, who was going to join us for the podcast last week, I had to message him in the morning and go, look, we've received this podcast. It's going through quality control. Mm. And if it's approved, yeah. then we're not podding and that's going to go out. But apart what from a tense Dan, moment for, for Jim. Apart, apart <laughs> from uh, apart from Dan, everyone was fairly coherent. Yeah, I thought so. We, I had um, reaction was was I would say ninety percent positive, and then about ten percent people saying never allow that drunken oaf. I presume they're talking about Dan on the podcast again. Billy Lum was delighted because no longer Billy, has he yeah. made the most drunken appearance on famous, which, which turned him, the podcast, which turned him into a non-drinker, I believe. I think he, really? he th- yeah, I think he's been what's the word dry is it? like total for a couple of years. I think I'm pretty really? sure since then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I maybe yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow. 
Um, that's what we do. That's the power of the podcast. But it was great. Did you enjoy your trip overall? I had a, had a great time. Fantastic time. You took time. the train up and had a we driver took, bring you back. Yeah, as everyone, as everyone, controversially, these Monday night games um, often, at uh, 8 o'clock kickoffs, it's often difficult for Rafe. There's no trains back after yeah, it's a pain. that time. So, um, But luckily, I was, I'm with, I was with Dermot and Dan and Dom. And John Dermot, the driver. We, we organized, they organised this brilliant car back, yeah. Incredible service from John the driver and great wine, etc. And he supplied the wine. Well, I, 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 I don't know. The car company must have supplied the wine. I don't know. I don't right. know. But yeah, it was it was delicious. What time did you get home? I got home about three. Wow. It was a bit. What take, it take, took about two and a half hours just to get outside of like Salford, basically. Because wow. I guess partly because of the no train fact, I guess a lot of people were in coaches and stuff. So yeah, there's a bit of a hold up. But anyway, right. We're back to normal tonight two great with days. you here, Josh. Back by my side. And Jim, already referred to, a.k.a. Slower, is here. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Jim. Uh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you. And Dean, a.k.a. AFC Camden, is here. Hello. Hello, Dean. Um, who actually comes from Camden. I do indeed, yeah. Um, and if you could speak closer to the mic, that'd be great. There we go. Um, before, I guess, you know, we've got two matches to talk about, really. You've got Thursday's 4-0 triumph, which everyone... Seems to have forgotten, as if it didn't happen. They've either forgotten about it or decided that Emery somehow isn't the manager of that team. He's only the coach of the team they get annoyed by, which is the team that plays in the league that can be, let's say, not exciting enough for yeah, the Boyd, hardcore fans. I, Boyd, I could manage us in the Europa League and get us to the quarterfinals. So why do you want to give yeah, you know, Emery such true. wonderful qual- I don't think that's true. Really? No. I think you could. I'm not saying this. No, I don't think I'm I special. Couldn't, I couldn't necessarily get a I think any of us could. Could get Arsenal fair. through to the quarterfinals of Europa League. I think that's a bit of a... a kind Did of you see Standard Liège? Yeah. They were dreadful. Of course they were dreadful. But it still take, you still have to pick the right team, play the right tactics, and we played... He's just picking who's not in the first team. It's not that brilliant. <laughs> well, he could, but he could not... You know, he gets no. criticised when he, when he doesn't rotate enough. He, he played Aubameyang in the, the previous week. So you, all these things aren't as straightforward as... You're in the, everything straightforward. All the teams were playing. Bournemouth are shit. We should have beaten them 10 0. No. I'm just Bournemouth, trying to bring in, Bournemouth as I'm doing shit. week by week. I thought they were better than what some I saw nuance, Some nuance to the situation. Josh has changed. I mean, after being all oh. that loyalty for Wenger, I know. now, now oh, this. This is, this, is, this is what happens week in, week out. All I'm saying is the simplistic attitude that the manager's only responsible for when we play boring football never gets any credit for when we do well. Like the first half, can I just quote? I'm going to quote, I'll kick things off. By quoting Dean, who I thought had a very fair summary on his Twitter yesterday, this is what Dean said, AFC Camden, a good and vibrant first half. Vibrant. We were vibrant. We were good. We did play attacking football. We had something like eight or nine shots. I mean, someone said, or Bino, who's a football Arsenal fan, said that was terrible. I didn't consider that to be terrible. I think it's fine. And, and then in the second half, we were terrible, disjointed. But they obviously came out. And they were going for it in the, in the second half. And they're not a terrible team. They're mid-table. They've unbeaten in four before us. All these things have to be taken into account. And clearly the manager picked a team, an attacking team, including Ceballos in midfield, to attack them. In the second half, it didn't happen. But is he responsible for that? Does he send them out going, all right, stop attacking now? I don't think so. I think there was These an emphasis the to slightly retreat in that second half. I don't half, think that's true. I, if you looked at Keown, Martin Keown was on Match of the Day 2. Did we, did we watch Match of the Day 2? Yeah. His analysis was the player, what the players were doing from the first minute in the first half, which was pressing right, the, right up front, Ceballos or Bamming, and they were pressing, and the whole team kind of followed suit. Attacking right from the first minute, they didn't do that in the second half. Correct. And I don't believe for a minute that the manager's going, oh, it's uh, going to Aubameyang, stop pressing them from the front. So give, give that up, it's not worth it anymore. I just think the players don't necessarily stick to the plan 
a minute in, minute out. That's my feeling. Well, maybe they don't fully understand it. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. Expand. Just that uh, they... I don't, I, because it's quite, it's quite baffling how... Um, they they click sometimes and they don't click other times and it's been you know, it's not just this last few games sure. we're doing quite well don't get me wrong we're doing better in the league but yeah. in terms of the way we've played since he joined it's it's stop start would be probably a fair way of putting it and um, and you wonder whether whether they're stop start because the players aren't following his orders or whether they don't quite understand what he wants or whether he doesn't I don't know yeah it's, um, you know, it's yeah, a hypothesis yeah. of course um, and I don't think his I think his communication skills have got better but I don't think they're that great. I understand him now completely, but don't really yeah. understand what he says. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I, I don't know. It's, it's... But what, in, in terms of yesterday's game in particular, mm. um, they understood what he was doing in the, wanted them to do in the first half, I mean, generally. I mean, it could have been a bit better, I guess. But in general, I think you'd have to be, for me, you'd have to be pretty picky and pretty resolutely anti-him <laughs> to see that first half in a negative way, for me. Like, I thought, generally, we played pretty well, pretty dominant, you know. And ran, kind of ran the game, you know, in a, in our way. So for them to then not do that in the second half, a Bournemouth deserves some credit, don't they, for mm-hmm. kind of snapping into gear. And b then I think once that clearly they were on the right, we're going to be mm-hmm. standing to be on the front foot in the second half. It's how our team dealt with that. And I I'm not sure if they're going. Oh, what did the manager say about how we dealt with this? Or it just there's such a deep rooted kind of... Um, he said, Emery said that they lost a bit of confidence. Yeah, which there's are, a deep-rooted confidence is issue, a mental mentality issue. But it's odd, isn't it? Why, why would they lose confidence? They won because against... I think it's a fragility. They, they know there's a history. Our, our fragile history is so patently obvious that I think it's, t- it's going to take a long time to get rid of that. I don't know. What, 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 what's your feeling? If you look at the performance, it was almost like a perfect example of Emery's tenure. Mm. First half, pressing, looking really good. Second half retreating, not looking as great. Uh, and it's almost like the players are not quite sure about you know, what they've been told to do or what the actual plan is. Um, if you look at the results, you know, they're directionally correct in the league. We're kind of winning games. Um, but is that as a result of his tactics or the fact that the league's not great? Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I'm not quite sure. What's your feeling about the game, Josh? Do you, are you, are you, do you think it was... Unutterably tedious and right for the first half. Were you, were you the there? first half yeah. was okay. Yeah, of course I was there. Yeah. The, the first half I thought was was fine, if uninspiring. The second half was poor, and, and I don't understand why Callum Wilson decided to try and pass across the six. It wasn't even the six yard box. He was like four or five yards out. It, it was an extraordinary decision to try and square it across goal. I mean, it was, they could have by could have quite easily taken a point, and, mm. but for Aubameyang hitting the post from a sort of ultimately a mistake that led to Chambers getting across it. We didn't do very much in the second half. I don't know. I don't think that I'm just being hugely negative because Emery, I promise you. I just <laughs> oh, think no, like, I'm, not I'm just thinking are. what I've been to this year. But I'm not I sat saying... in the way end at Watford and that second half was dreadful, the second half against Watford. Mm. Now, for large chunks of the game against Villa, really poor. And I think I said more about Villa that we managed to come back and win, but it did show a bit of character. Mm. Um, you know, just that, there's been some really poor halves of football that we've, we've put in. Mm. And I don't know. I, um, I mean, it was interesting what Jim just said there about like, understanding. Yeah. I still, and I spoke to one of the uh, journalists last week who is at every Arsenal press conference, mm. and he said he's convinced from what he hears from within the camp the players find it very difficult with the manager and with translating. And I tell you what, 
Um, you, you saw the comments that Saka did after he scored against Eintracht Frankfurt, where in his post-match interview, he referred to Freddie Lundberg having to translate a lot of stuff. And if that had been a more senior player in the squad, that would have got turned into a massive yeah, story. I think it was like a 17, is he 17? 18? 18. Because yeah. it was an 18-year-old kid making his, one of his first appearances in Europe for the club, scoring his first goal for the club. There wasn't much tension on that. But I tell you what, if that had been like Xhaka or Tourette or someone else in that squad mm. going, yeah, Freddie Lundberg's actually really helping me understand so I don't know what's going on here. It would have been turned into a big story. And it still worries well, me I a think, bit. I know you, were not, you, you mentioned that before, but my feeling, I mean, I, I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying his communication skills are supreme. Clearly yeah. they're not. But I think that, in that I think that his, him and young Freddie clearly have this close mm. relationship because he was doing it again yesterday that they were talking to him. They were kind of, that, I think that's a separate thing. I think Freddie Lundberg is taking it upon himself to almost coach and help Sucker almost as much as he can through this experience of becoming... Which, by the way, again, I, I think we need to give the coach some credit for, for immediately get, getting him as a regular place in the team after that great yeah. performance against Frankfurt. Because he didn't need to do that. Mm. Not every manager would have done that. I don't even necessarily believe Wenger would have done that. I think Wenger was quite conservative about well, his who, who would Wenger be picking in his place at the moment, do you think? I don't know. One of the players that was ahead of him. Because it's kind of shifted position, hasn't it? Reece Nelson. Really ne- He'd have probably Nelson. kept Mkhitaryan, that's the thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> would have, exactly. Would. Thank you. And certainly Reese Nelson was ahead of him. Who's, I think, a much less... A sl- well, I, I, I like Reese Nelson, but I think a slightly less exciting prospect. Mm. And, you know... Martinelli, another one, you know, playing... Nelson he, had, had right, a so, oppo- few opportunities, uh, hasn't these, taken them. I'm giving these examples of things where we, we should give credit to manager and, and the reluctance to, I find fascinating, not by you, I mean, you're being reluctant now, but generally on this kind of whole, the social media no. anti-Emery no, I think grouping, it's, it's I great. think he's incredibly <laughs> reluctant to it's, give him any credit for anything. I think these... I'm just bringing up these examples of things he does deserve credit for. I just think there's also a realistically limited number of options. You, if you... He's playing that formation. Ozil has, you know, we'll talk about him later. He's not, not involved. There aren't that many options. It's basically Nelson. I don't think you've given a valid answer of anyone else who could, could be ahead of him. He, he didn't need to play that formation. He doesn't need to play, uh, to, to play that many forward players. Well, like, again, the people done that since we start yeah, of the season. Right, so that's give what him we're doing. For that. Yeah, give him credit for that. Exactly. If he Lacazette is. was fit, he wouldn't be playing. You know, it's just it's just sometimes opportune moments. But you know, well done. It's great to see Saka, eighteen-year-olds. Playing far better than our new £72 million signing. So, fantastic. Of course, yeah. keep him in the team. I think it's less to do with translation and more to actually do about what his plan is. Right. What, his, what he's actually trying to communicate to the players. Because um, they often look, you know, lost. The first half, they were pressing high, looked really good. Second half, dropped back. We have to give Bournemouth some credit, but there was a quote he made before the game talking about Bournemouth's tactics and how they were going to press us like really high mm. and how we needed to be aware of that. It kind of struck me as a bit of a small club mentality quote. You know, we're Arsenal playing at home to Bournemouth. Why don't we focus on what we're going to do? I know a lot of people criticise Wenger for this and only focusing on himself. I was about to say. However, <laughs> against... That's the... what we did for years and years and years, yeah. and it went completely wrong. But it's for almost about like we've gone... Five years of... <laughs> I mean, it just did, Yeah, but we've gone from and one end... time... Yeah. Go on, sorry. To sorry one on. end of the spectrum to the other, where mm. Wenger yeah. never looked at an opponent. Yeah. And Emery seems to kind of become obsessed with opponents. Yeah, with his video dossiers. Yeah, and we, we kind of need to say, look, we're Arsenal, we've got all of these amazing players... Let's go out and play. Let's go and press high. Let's go and score goals as opposed to thinking about what Bournemouth are going to do to us at home. Uh, and I think it was kind of demonstrated in the performance that kind of inhibition and lack of confidence in the second half. We don't, we don't have the arrogance that we need as well. You need, yeah. you need to have uh, you know, some real arrogance to then mm. put teams to the sword. We do, we do lack, collectively lack that a bit. Now, I don't know why that would be. But, you know, you want... I, can't, I don't think we've really thrashed many teams... I'm not saying you can thrash mm. teams all the time, but yeah. we've, so many of our results under Emery have been close. 
mm. and coming back from being a goal down and this, that and the other. And, uh, and you know, maybe... I think it's ridiculous to get the knives out for him right now because I think you need to give someone two years before you can properly judge. I, I really do think that. It's, then he's not, they're not going to get rid of him. No. It's, not, it's never going to happen. Mm. Not... not now. I mean, if results went badly, no, yeah, yeah, but they're not. But they're I mean, not. Yeah, right. no, no, exactly. and, and, but but I do think, and he's got some players to come back, and all and all of those things would say, well, of course, he, he deserves to the end of the season. If at the end of the season he hasn't made it into top four, he's probably gone anyway. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but the big argument at the moment seems to be after after Saturday's game, the big kind mm-hmm. of online thing that people were debating was, do we want to play? Is the, is the priority to mm-hmm. play stylish? Good, attractive, attacking, whatever you call it, football. Yeah. Which people associate with the Wenger period. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, again, to be fair, we didn't play. We played incredibly boring football, in my opinion, for the last few years of the Wenger yeah. period. Just to, spe- just to mention that, because a lot of these people <laughs> don't. So they want. So they pro- literally had a debate yesterday on Twitter with someone yeah. about this, so he, and he, he actually said um, that it's more important to play well right now than to get points. Now, I find that painfully ridiculous because I don't think it, I think it's always the priority to get yeah. points. Always. I mean, everything, obviously. Now, I know what he's trying to say was we repeat of last year because we had the 20 whatever match unbeaten run and the type of, and that was a, that was, we flattered to deceive and actually that masked the underlying problem and then we Absolutely. collapsed. But for me, the end of the season collapse wasn't because we went 20 matches unbeaten, it was because the mentality struck our, 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 our kind of um, flimsy. Lack of mental strength, which I remember <laughs> was the thing that they used to go on about every week. Well, that's what cropped up for mm. me at the end of last season. I think what I would say is they're not mutually exclusive. You can perform yeah. well and, you know, of take course. points. Of course. Um, and I think if you look long term, if you perform well over the long period, you know, you'll generally be successful. Uh, but, yeah, I, I also think that if, um, if you're, you know, that, the, to win 1 0, I think it's great. It, and it, sometimes you can just lock a game down and it's, it's a show of power. But and we it's did brilliant. It. But actually, we're letting a lot. We're letting a lot of chances go, yeah. or rather, the opposition yeah. are getting a lot of chances, and, and that's where that yeah you know the, these kind of tight wins will probably come unstuck unless we can find a way to be tighter at the back, yeah. which you know may well happen. But, mm. um, there are certain key like th- th- that question of, of you know this the, the star the, the assumption that he's sending them out in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Again, for me, I just wanted to kind of address that again because can you really, if you if you're picking that front three and Sabios as he did yesterday, um, can you really? Can you? you, you he's not picking that team to play defensively mm-hmm. and to play conservative, is he? I mean, he could have picked. He could he could pick a, a fairly a very bland yeah. three in midfield, but he didn't yesterday. To give him again, to give him some credit and and to bang on again about the way he played the first half wasn't negative. It's it, uh, for me, it's like, how do you know? How do we really yeah. know? I mean, this is the big question of, what he, of how he's setting them up to play. Like, why are we assuming that it's down to him that, that this so-called negativity and this boring way of playing? I just don't think that... that I don't think the, the evidence ultimately, entirely... Is... Ultimately, it's his responsibility to, for, yeah. for the way, the direction of the team in terms of how it's playing. And maybe he is a little bit too pragmatic at times. But when you said in the, sure. in the post-match interview we, lacked, we, we, we started to get the confidence disappeared, yeah. that he's not telling them to play like that. Was, again, it's like... I, I, it's no, there. But the buck always but stops with him. Yeah. But that the buck always stops with him. Right. Sure. And it, sure. com- it comes over time as well. If you think about how they train, the conversations they have in the week, you know, mm. make sure you don't give away a chance or mm. make sure you drop back if it's 1 0. You know, whatever you're aware saying. of the, their, their protect, what they do. Yeah. The, the dossier, the videos that you have. 100%. And that will be having like subconscious effects on the players as the game progresses over time, as opposed to a more inspirational manager that's talking about, you know, 
we're going to continue to attack. We're going to get the second goal. Um, so those little details, you know, throughout the week mm. over an 18-month period uh, are seeming to come out, you know, whenever there's like a first sign of pressure. Oh, yeah. Um, and on the weekend, again, you know, it's not like a, a 1-0 win famous under sort of George Graham. It was very much could have been 1-1, a bit like the Watford game where we did get pegged back. You, every Premier League game we've won this season has been by a goal. I didn't realise that until, yeah. until I spun that earlier. Yeah. And I think that's just my mind. It's great that we're third. I'm really excited, but I just don't necessarily think it's reflective of what it's not. I've seen. I think if you sort of analyse the games, it doesn't feel like we're, we're third. And because of what happened with sort of tailing off last season, it's just a, it's just a, bit, of a, a bit of a concern. I think this sort of feeling like it's become a little bit more defensive and obviously going to Old Trafford and playing you know, what we perceive as three more defensive-minded midfielders in, in Jacka, Torreira and Guendouzi, I think that is a bit of a response to the fact mm. that, don't forget, you know, Newcastle had more shots than us. I think, you know, Burnley came to Emirates had more shots than us. At Watford, what was it, 31 shots, something extraordinary. I think you have to react to that. And, yeah. they, and maybe it is just sort of, you know, getting through this period and, and getting some points on the board. But I don't know. You, you hope for more. You do. And, um, and, it, and the obvious contrast, I mean, you've got some, you know, Solskjaer is struggling badly at Man U. Mm. But the obvious contrast is what Lampard's done at Chelsea. And you know, mm. they, they brought a lot of young players through, much as Emery has. And they're playing, I think, to me, looking at him, it looks like he's made a, a big deal. I don't watch a lot of Chelsea for obvious reasons. Mm. but they, it And they lost 4-0 to, to Manu. They did on the first yeah, so day. You can see what's going on. But, but, they, but, but they seem to have changed. He seems to have changed. Yeah. Whereas, I, you know, you do... And I want Emery to succeed. Of course I do. Mm. I, don't, I don't think the knives should be out for him all the time as they are because it's not helpful. But you do wonder... He's been a year, you know, a year and a bit. When when that sort of obvious style is going to come through, yeah. if at all, I mean, mm. and and, and I'm, maybe it will, but it, it's odd because it, it don't really feel I, like it's changed. My question about the style issue, right, is, and I, you know, how many teams in the Premier League have have a have an, a clear style or, or the style that I think fans in their minds think that everyone should be playing? I.e., I think what they mean is when people say this, what they mean is play like Liverpool, Man City. Well, I think, <laughs> isn't it? I think and actually, I think actually, the only teams that play like that are Liverpool, Man City. It, and as we saw yesterday, even Man City can fuck that up. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And I know this is like the equivalent of, people say it's whataboutery, but the difference between like whataboutery in the real world, when you're talking about, you know, what about political issues, you know, and with football, is actually, we're all in the same competition, these teams. And actually, any, any team can beat any other team, as was proven yesterday. Any time, only Liverpool, right, right now, have the capacity to play week in, week out, attractive football and win. Everyone else, as far as I can make out, is in a kind of similar boat. And I, and I think you have to take that into account. Yeah. It's hard, it's really hard, to, as far as I can make out, right now in this league, to week in, week out, play good football and win. It's fucking difficult. Mm. I, I agree. And that's why I'm not necessarily saying we have to play good football. We just mm. have to have a distinctive style of play, whether it's defensive, whether it's quite moderate, where, all right, we don't... If it was defensive, though, right? It's say, it's say, it's say, just to enjoy, it's say, yeah. Yeah, suddenly, he's like, what, we play a defensive game. Yeah. People would be furious. But if we were winning 1-0 or winning 2-0 and locking the game down and I there was no real threat, that. a bit like, I know we've been told we play the Arsenal way, but it's only really... Well, it's, clear, it's clearly not a defensive style of football. No, it's actually really. I think most games are really exciting, and I think that's the other thing because <laughs> we can see loads of chances. Well, yeah, but I mean, we are open. We play, yeah. you know, we play helter skelter for sure. It was it, second half. I know we didn't have many shots in August, but it was a fairly helter skelter game in the end. And I know it was tense and stressful, but I don't get this whole thing of like oh, how boring it is. I don't think we've had that many boring games at all. We've had some halves of football where we haven't had enough shots. Yeah, that's different. And I think, I do feel like our fan bases, I said this last week, spoil slightly. We, we are by, a little you know, bit. This idea that we even, deserve on, to boys. have gone. Even just, that trip you made to Old Trafford. Yeah. 
It was now, probably 15 minutes that okay. was loosely enjoyable. It's a really that. good example, right? Mm. So the first half was was. And let's very... not forget Man United in the context of the current Man United yeah. team who have been right dreadful, desperate not to lose. First of all, right? That was their priority that night, that May night game. It absolutely was clearly 100 percent desperate not to lose. The team wasn't as terrible as well, we, we thought it would be because mm. actually Pogba was playing, you know, largely ineffective. Of course, but I'm, of course he is. But this, I'm talking about this is how difficult it is. You, man, he can't get Manchester United playing well at all, and they were boring and tedious. But we were the te- away team, remember? And everyone's going, oh, we had to dominate them. In the end, the first half was tedious. Second half, I thought, was f- f- quite exciting and interesting. And, and I had a great time watching that game. And, you know, I thought one all was a fair result. And you can't... To assume that us, Arsenal, who never, ever do well at Old Trafford, should somehow... Because they're not playing well automatically... I think we were probably Steam better there last year. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's nonsense. I think, you know, you can't, it, you can't be, you've got to be more realistic than that. Again, how- it's just the performance. Though. It's not, not necessarily the result. It's the performance. Sure. We'll have a little break and we'll talk more about this fascinating issue. (laughs) And we're back from the break. Yeah, so you were saying, Dean, it's about the performance. Yeah, I think what we're looking for is some key indicators that over the long term, the performances are going to improve or we've got a certain style of play which is going to enable us to eventually not only get in the top four, but a bit like Liverpool, compete for some silverware. And I think mm. that's what we're looking for. I sat on this podcast about a year ago and said, look, we've got to give him time. You know, He's not massively inspiring as a coach, but we have to kind of see how it plays out over the next year. Give him a couple of transfer windows and hopefully we'll see a kind of style of play that we're working towards where... This is our style, this is how we play, and this is how we know we're going to get mm. results. But right now, we just seem you know, a bit like loose chicken, you know. Headless yeah, chicken, yeah. Yeah, headless yeah. chickens. We're not really going anywhere right now. Josh. I just want to I hear what you and, and the guys think about Pepe, because it is becoming a problem that we've spent the most amount of money in our club's well, history yeah, on mm. someone that is... Well, it's not a problem. No, that I don't think been it is. pretty ineffective. I don't think what do you think? Pull, pull him out of the think, team? No, I think he had a, he had a really good shot yesterday. Um, he, he, took, he had the assist for the goal. He took that corner. He took a he, corner, he's, yeah. he's our only player who can take a good corner, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, again, people are incredibly negative about him without giving him any credit whatsoever. Because he actually started the, started the season quite well with some really really good dribbling I, and take-ons. I really agree. People Had he scored at Anfield, I feel this would all be like a completely yeah. different yeah. story. Yeah. If he scored that goal yesterday, it would have been a brilliant, brilliant goal. And it was really close. And, you know, I'm not going to have a go. No, it would have been a fantastic goal. What, what, what was you looking at me on that for? Well, it was pretty a I mean, yard or two <laughs> wide. I mean, it didn't hit the post. We didn't hit the bar. right. We're going to really, but it was a brilliant good chance effort. that he created good himself effort, yeah. a really yeah. good effort, and he showed. No, I'm just. I'm not having a go. Would idea, you take him out of the team? No, because keep him in. Well, you know, well when when um, luck it depends. If Lacazette's back, then I probably would take him out of the mm. team. Yeah, I'd certainly play him in the European games. Um, you know, coming up possibly, yeah. But that's like I feel. I feel like you know, in the European games, like that team we should talk about. Interestingly, seems much more up for playing in a slightly more carefree, mm. one might say arrogant, as you referred to it before, style, than the first team. One wonders what, which players it is. Well, in, in... I mean, I suppose the, the caveat... I mean, I agree with you, except the caveat is Forrest and Liège were awful. Sure. They, they were poor. Um, they didn't chat... Yeah, they, they weren't any danger at all. But I still felt against Liège, like, we, 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 we started immediately on the front foot mm. and, you know, kind of attacking pretty consistently in a, in a very impressive, intricate way. You know, Martinelli, fa- fantastic, looking great. So I, I, but, but in answer to your question, um, I probably would bring Lacazette in just because I think he's, he immediately improves our, 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 our attack. Um, and Pepe might not start... Yeah, but, you know, but I don't think you, I don't think you automatically... Take him out of the team, as you're putting it, just 
Yeah, I wonder like... whether we're quite playing him in the right way at the moment. And I think he, like, like many of the other, or some of the other players perhaps, he's lost a bit of confidence from that Liverpool game. Some of those touches were lovely. Yeah. I know we played genuinely genuine and quite badly I mean, aside from that yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I thought you know I, I thought he was good then maybe he's he's, str- he's clearly struggling a little bit but I think almost the worst thing you can do at the moment is take him out of the team yeah. so I think you, you play through it and, 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 see, and see where it goes we see how he felt about being taken off after 60 minutes yesterday he wasn't best pleased was he and, and Saka was left on the pitch uh, oh sorry on, on was it yesterday yeah it was yesterday yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but he, 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 you say he wasn't best I mean you, you wouldn't be would you but he, did, he didn't yeah. um, stomp off or anything he, 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 um, he shook hands with yeah. Emery a bit, uh, bit early for him to stomp off but I think we've just got to persist uh, you know you spent 72 million pounds on a player you've got to give him the chance yeah. to adapt to the league but it sounds like you would have him out of the team Josh I don't know I just think it's an opportune moment to potentially give, give league, him a little how many bit of time. Has he started? Actually, it's not Must all be of five it. by now. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's, yes. Okay, it's but nothing. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm not saying definitely. I mean, but it I'm it a team. I just think that now, because every, every single game is analysed. You know, of course, yeah. people like yeah. us. You know, yeah. By, but I, I agree. I'm just saying. As soon as Lacazette's back, which you know, hopefully isn't too far away. Yeah. Do you pull out Saka now, who's probably been at least a seven out of ten, eight out of ten? You mm. know, really, you know, probably one of our better performers in the last couple oh, of I'd games. Play, I'd play Saka like a certain Aubameyang, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So that's you, what I'm saying. You would put him out no, of the team. No, that's form. I'm not, that's not pulling him out of the team. I just think, like, for me, Lacazette well, is immediately has to go back in the team. Okay. He's like so you're the first putting him name. on the bench. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. He gave him 25, on, he gave him 25 minutes against Liège. And I yes. thought, you know, it's, it's a sort of game you just desperately want to get someone on the pitch when the team are playing that well make opportunities and get him a goal and it's a shame it didn't happen but that said if I may (laughs) it was great fun watching the team against Liège and I think the difference between this year and last year is because we've got rid of so many fringe squad players who you know there's no fun turning up to watch El Nenny last year, who was never really going to get any game time in the, in the Premier League, whatever he did in this. But actually, if you look at that lineup, you've got Bellerin, who will be back in the team race soon. Mustafi is an anomaly here. Rob Holding is really pushing for a place. Tierney, we assume, is going to come in and play. Torreira has been playing in the Premier League. Sabaos has. Medo Niles has played a lot of Premier League football. Willett was coming on yesterday. Nelson's played as part. Even Martinelli's come. So these are all people that are actually being involved in the Premier League side of things. And I think that's the difference because we got rid of so much, you know, Deadwood. Now it's quite fun to go and watch these players because they're all playing to have an impact that will oh, lead them into getting to the Premier League. I agree with you 100% team. and he deserves some credit for that. Not massively. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's also a lack of players. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. It's just more fun. But he's helped get rid of those fucking shit players that Wenger okay, okay, had lying around for years and years and years. Mm. How long do we have to part with watching fucking El Nene? <laughs> Me- mediocrity. The medio- you're absolutely right. The, those experienced, tedious, mediocre players. What are you going to yeah. say, Dean? Well, just on that point, I think it's the management group that deserves credit. Oh, yeah, the, the whole group completely. But getting, getting right, the other the thing crap. that people love to do is not give him any credit at all. Give all credit about every signing. I, I just think he lacks inspiration as a coach. I, I don't really look at him and you feel positive about anything, really, to be honest. But well, that may um, be so. But his brief is literally to get us back in the Champions League. Yeah, and, and, then and I, if he achieves that, then he's hit his brief. But what do we do then? Do we kind of just get rid of him? I, I reckon we should if there's a good option out there. Because um, hey, if if he got us into the top four right yeah. this year, as you say, he's not not going to go anywhere. Um, then he, isn't he on another year's contract anyway? I think, isn't he? Like, I think he's got a year's extension, yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's not linked to getting top four. Um, well, I think oh, it probably is, isn't it? But I, if, if a top-level, top-top-level manager yeah. was available at that point, I'd be fine. I, I, I would be unsentimentally, unsentimentally fine yeah. 
in getting rid of him in favour of, but I wouldn't just get rid of him at any point for the sake of it, which is what unbelievably yeah. I think a lot of fans do uh, right now. Because they're so obsessed with this idea that he's a negative manager, which I just don't, I think is an un-nuanced version I, of what he's trying to do. I don't... I think <laughs> what he's trying to do is play counter-attacking football more. But is he? more attention... I think so. And play more are, attention... Are you sure? I, no, I'm not I'm I not think sure none of us I are think. sure. That's the whole no, problem. No, no. I'd like... Do you know what? I'd love to see... Because I read some articles. I asked for some articles about his yeah. time at PSG. And Le Grove gave me some, right? Which were clearly very much against him. At the same time, I found someone that were very much in favour of him. Very interesting, long pieces about how actually... Well, a good coach he was and stuff mm-hmm. at PSG. And giving him some credit for the fact that they played quite good as thankful for it. Obviously, they had huge stars and everything, right? But... <laughs> The other thing I was going to say was, what I'd love to see was an in-depth interview with him, presumably conducted with a translator, asking him all this stuff. That's what I want to see, you know, because in post-match interviews, you, well, you just get him saying the same lame things that all managers say. You don't, you, you know, even with his difficulties of communication. Mm. I, but I think with a translator, a long, long piece, then we can find, get to the bottom of what he wants. But, from, but looking back at those pieces about how he was at PSG and his previous teams, he does seem to prefer a counter-attacking start to kind of... And, and changing in attack, being, being fast, pacey, the transition, all these kind of cliches that we all talk about now, paying attention to the transition. Everyone be, it needs the players to be very intelligent, I think, which I'm not sure in certain players. Also, what's the value in, tell, in, in doing an interview explaining what your, 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 uh, your game plan is going to be, essentially, because everyone's just going to adapt to it. You might as well... well there is it's that. better not to say it. Well, there think, is a, Guardiola has done that, and it's not been a problem for him. <laughs> I... I, I, I I just think we're, we're all having this conversation and debate a year and a half on is because none of us are quite sure in terms of what he's doing. If we knew exactly what his blueprint was and what his tactics are and what he's trying to achieve, I think he would get a bit more credit and a bit more time because, all right, you're trying to do this, we can see that. But one week it's this, the next week it's something else. Um, and, you know, you think about you know, wanting to play counter-attacking football. Mm. He then plays Torreira as a, a number eight box-to-box when you've got Joe Willick you're kind of waiting in the wings. Um, so, yeah, some of his decisions don't kind of add up. Mm. Um, and generally, just not quite sure about him. What did you think about Callum Chambers on, on Sunday? And I thought his, he's taken his well, he wasn't chance. He, he was a so, man of the match, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think was. so. Yeah. Was he on I think, yeah, he's taken his chance. But really now well, he's yeah. presumably going to be pulled out the team for Peck to better in as soon as he's back. He's really unlucky that he didn't start yeah. the season at right back. Very unlucky. And yeah, I don't know where Maitland Niles goes from here because if you look at centre midfield options, he, he sees himself Europa, Europa and. Uh, yeah, but it's like, the, in know. terms of his long term at Arsenal, he's be third choice right back now behind, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Chambers yeah. behind Bellerin. Yeah. And at centre midfield, there's a hell of a. You know, but that's a, good, I mean, that's a good challenge for yeah. him. And it's the same thing with Iwobi, is we used to be too sentimental with these players. And exactly. ultimately, at the end of the season, if he's third choice behind everybody, then and you yeah. can get what? What you get for at least 20 million for Maitland Niles, because that's the, that's the market mm. for English players. Yeah. That's what I you agree. do. Yeah. And, you know, if he can't rise to the challenge or if, or if you know, whatever, then that's, that's what happens. There's been a breath of fresh air watching Chambers. Yeah, he's been great. It's just in his tenacity. I think all of the, this, all these little things. I think we've missed. For me, like we're a couple of tweaks away. In answer yeah. to this bigger point about what the star and everything, I still think again we can't really judge it until he's got you know three first choice mm. defenders back regularly yeah. playing in the team. Who knows what difference you know having Bellerin and Tierney will make to someone like Pepe. You know, for example. You know, I, I just don't think at the moment. You've got some quite... And the big Shaka question, for me, the huge, biggest, massive tweak of all... I know we go to it every week. I still can't quite come to terms with the fact that he's picking Shaka in that deep-lying role and not Torreira, when clearly Torreira, that is... Mm. He must see something... He said something recently about how Torreira hadn't been fully 
fit and didn't feel comfortable entirely this season. And, and Torreira wasn't amazing, was he, against Man U, where he did play from the start. He had, didn't have the best of games, I would say. Whereas Guendouzi seems to be having, you know, he's pretty much... So, but you still think he's a better bet, wouldn't you, in that, in that kind of... Yeah, definitely. More de- most defensive position. I think most of us are kind of at the end of our table with Granite Jack and Aaron, the <laughs> yeah. decisions that he oh, makes. It wasn't on just the pitch. Emery. Wenger was a, yeah, as loyal to him as well. So yeah. there is something, clearly something there. And the Swiss and, national coach, giving him the armbands. Yeah, yeah. so I, there is something there. there. You know, he's, he's probably the most experienced in the midfield. Mind you, you wouldn't know it sometimes. Yeah. But the, like yesterday was a classic example where he, did, he, did, he actually had one of his better games, generally, right? Yeah. There were still a couple of key moments where he gave the ball away and, and fucked up our attack. Counter-attack, yeah. Do you remember? This is it again, right, Boyd? If we're a possession-based team that's going to keep the ball and recycle it, it kind of makes sense for him to play. But if we're going to be a counter-attacking team with pace, where he's going to be exposed quite a bit, you know, when we do go on the attack, is he the right man? Again, it's kind of his tactics and his player selections. I agree agree with that. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'd like to see more of Torreira. I'd like to see more of Willock, who I think is by far the most impressive young talent we've got right now. I think Better than Saka? Yeah. I think they're both really exciting. I think they're both really good, but Willock's the one. And on that point, very good point, thank yeah. you. I meant we, of course, we've got to discuss the, the Ozil thing. For me, right, I'm just, every, people, the Ozil fanboys and girls, a cult, of, the cult of Ozil, which you may be a member of, but why would you pick him ahead of Willock? Why, what's the fucking point? And why would you put him on the bench? This whole, he's not even in, I, I don't care. I really don't care. I've, I, he's already out of, the, out, of the, out of the club, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he'll go down in history as... A brilliant, brilliant player, one of the most skillful players I've ever had played for Arsenal, who did not deliver enough yeah. on a regular basis. And who can argue with that? Well, obsessive fanboys can argue with it, but the, <laughs> the reality is, I've watched him all this time, and and he just not did not deliver. And now, why would you now go back to that when you've got two or three options in that in that kind of position who are all like hungry, hardworking, and skillful? Well, the reason you'd go back to it um, is that he, out of all of those players, even though he's Got, you know, numerous reasons not to pick him, which is, and he's not being picked. No. Is, that, is that he still has the eye for a pass that none of those other players have? Yeah. And I, I do. I'm, I'm with you. I think they need to move him on because his time at Arsenal is, is over. You know, it really is. But at the same time. He always was the kind of player, even at Madrid, he used to come on for 15 minutes or something like that. That happened quite a lot. And maybe he is the kind of guy that if you're struggling to break it, you bring him on then. But, um, but I think there's so much water under the bridge now. It's, it's, mm, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's too difficult. I mean, I his only Premier League appearance was at, at Watford. I think that's his only Premier League appearance this season. Yeah, where he was fine. I mean, he was absolutely fine. He brilliant ball. He did exactly what Jim just referred to. A brilliant ball in, for, I think, for Maitland-Niles yeah. across it for Aubameyang. Yeah. Is it a, ga- a game-changing pass, but... Do you agree we haven't got any players who can supply? We've got some good players uh, who can we supply. Have, yeah. some. We haven't got Mesozo. He's got that. That's what yeah. we bought him. He's a, that classic number For 10. Sure. He's, you know, he's been, yeah. he's been uh, one of the... Well, certainly, at the t- when we bought him, at least, he was one of the you know, finest in his position. And mm. that's, like, well, that's what he can do. It's just... That the more you know, football's a little bit more athletic than when we signed well, him. I think and, he's, and, he's, and he's not. Isn't that an important point, though? Yeah, I think football's moved on. I, don't I think, think football's has. moved on, but also he's got older. And, yeah. you know, fo- yeah. and footballers do... Um, Degrade, if yeah. that's the right word. <laughs> no, good word. <laughs> and um, and also football also yeah. evolves, and I think he's probably the wrong 
you know, he's, he's a bit of an anachronism. Yeah. And the stories are coming out now, aren't they, Dean? I, I, you know, I know you're a fan of his, but of, of you know, issues in training, and I yeah. thought these things are leaking out. Murtasaka referred, I don't know, in you know, his book, I haven't read it, but I read reports of saying, you know, got really angry with him for various periods for not trying hard enough, all of that. I mean, you yeah. can't ignore that, can you? I think so. The club just needs to be decisive. You know, I'd love to see him involved in some, you know, some element because he's a top, top player and I think there are times that we will need him, such as Bournemouth at home. I think he would have been an asset to the side. But if we're not going to play him, you know, be frank about it and completely isolate him from the squad. He's played in some cup games. He's played in some Europa League games. He's played in one Premier League game. You know, mm. is he in or is he out? I think he's been pretty out now, though, isn't he? Because yeah. he wasn't in the in the. But then the other day they gave him the cap, well, number five captain or something. You know, whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. Um, it's like if you're not going to play him anymore, kind of get him out of the sides. But you know, if we've got him on the books, if he's available, I think he's an asset. Have him on the bench if you know if required to come on and change the game, but. Yeah. Has he ever been a come on and change the game for us? Not for us. Not, not for us. us. not for us. Yeah, but, I, just um, I think, well, again, you know, you've got, if you've got like Martinelli or someone, but he's yeah. a come on and change the game player, isn't he? More than him, I have to say. I've got, uh, for me, it's like, it's, it's such old news to me now. Yeah. And I see these players that are so much, and I feel they are skillful as well. They're not exactly like him, but I think what makes them not exactly like him is probably what makes yeah. them a better bet right now. But I think it's linked, back to, our, it's linked back to the frustration that people have with Emery and his style of play or lack of it. It's like, what are you trying to do? What football are you trying to play? Oh, we've got Ozil on, in the wings why are you not using mm. him if we had a clear kind of distinctive way of playing that would not need an Ozil i.e. counter-attacking fast physical form, yeah. we, we'd get it we'd, we'd kind of get well, it I think that's a good indication as why that he is trying to play like that <laughs> but just not achieving it enough <laughs> I agree we're not achieving it Maybe. enough yeah, it could go on for days Josh you in crying tears for Ozil I'm sad I think it's a sad situation that we've allowed it to get to this position with the, the football club and of course if we could turn back time to when it was going to seemingly be Sanchez or Ozil that were going to stay at the club. And it just played into Ozil's hands that he was the one left at the club. And from a PR point of view, the club had to give him the huge deal. Mm. But it's a sad situation where you've got someone who was an integral part of our team and would be selective every game for you know, for years under Wenger, even, you know, last year, I think, uh, you know, played 26 of the Premier League games. To now be frozen out and have that breakdown in relationship, I, I don't understand you disagreeing with Dean that he shouldn't be on our bench, that he doesn't have anything to contribute. That I'm, that I'm totally with Dean with. I look at that I team, think, I don't see, apart I don't from Danny Sabayas. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Gwen, hang on, let though. me speak. Gwen, Dean said he wants the clarity of either not, not putting him in any of these squads or picking him. And for me, I'm that, not that's putting words into Dean's mouth. That's he a contradiction. Felt he should be on the bench against Bournemouth. I think he's at least. an asset to have on the bench. We had three defenders on the bench on yeah, You did also say you wanted the clarity of whether he's in or out. Yeah, and yeah, if he starts putting him on the bench, that's not clarity. Well, if he's out, say that and then leave him out. You don't say it, do you? You don't go around going, I'm... He's out now. You just don't pick him, and he's not being picked, clearly, in, any, yeah, in either of maybe. the squads. So, that, for yeah. me, the clarity is happening before just, our eyes, and yeah. I don't have an issue with it. Quintuzzi, I think, got his first assist ever, possibly, in the Premier League. When it against, was it against Tottenham? Um, you know, I don't think of Torreira as, like, an assist machine. I think, Sabayos aside, I don't see, like, anyone well, who's look, hugely he's, he's creative. Of, well, look, he's, he's a creative player. He's capable okay, of, but, of, you know, he's been, at the, he's been part of the first team for, what, you know, eight Premier League games this season. He hasn't been there, done that. it, and proven it. I just think it's strange that to have completely had that bigger breakdown in relationship. But I do think it's I now, think, I, I do think it's over. Yeah. I, Ray Pardo was on TalkSport this morning saying that it's now over because we did have pieces of last season where he was frozen out and there was that strange one he got left out away at Bournemouth because Emery said it was too physical a game for him but then he was sort of brought back into the, the sphere but now to leave him out in successive games including a European game where you think yeah, okay yeah. let him play Clarity. in Europe and this is now a clear sign that there's 
probably no way back. I mean, I'm sad that he didn't come. I'm sad that he didn't turn out to be, you know, one of the greatest players in Austria history. But I just don't think he has. And I think, you know, there are bigger issues. I think that, you know, I'm more excited about the squad and the young players in that squad. But and you like can see this squad evolving as <laughs> yeah. the season progresses, yes. which I think is massively exciting. Agreed. And I think you you could easily see a completely different. Well, it's not completely different, but a, a different starting eleven at the end of the season to the one that we yes. started the season with. Yes. And I think that's got to be something to you know to get excited about. A quick interesting stat, despite him being frozen out every now and then, Meza Oza has created the most chances under Unai Emery out of all Arsenal players. 49. Well, you know, yeah, good. Still, still happy for him to go. <laughs> um, do we need to do a prediction or are we going to do another podcast before? We've got the international, boring international break. Then we're not going to have a podcast beforehand. Before Sheffield. So we're playing on another Monday night football. Monday night. Sheffield away. So we have to get a prediction, Jim. There is a train that I think leaves Sheffield about 10 past 10. It's a hell of a, hell of a risk wow. for those who might be... Uh, I love the driver, Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> what you need is your driver from the ground yeah, straight to the train station. Yeah, that's Sort yeah. of taxi we'll at the ready. I think we'll you can uh, do a runner. Are you going for that one, Boyd? Um, not as far as I'm aware. No, I don't think so. No. Not unless uh, Dermot no. arranges a driver yeah. and some I mean, red yeah, wine. Anything could happen in the last minute. What do you think is going to happen in that game... It just goes to show what, the, the, what we're capable of at the moment. That, that, um, I find this one hard to call, to be honest. It is tough, isn't it? It is tough. Because Sheffield United played really well. But I think we'll win it because I think that, yeah, but I think there's, uh, it's the, you know, away it's going to be harder than it would otherwise be. But they are, oh, I don't know, shall I say draw? Yeah. Draw. So, we, so what's in your head? I think draw. We're score. capable of either, but draw. Um, one all. One all. Yeah. I'd agree, Jim. 1-1. One, one. Really? Yeah. We're going to have a full house. Josh? I was tempted to say Did you like the fact that even in their one. drunken podcast, I still got them to do predictions? You know, so yes, I yeah. applauded Thanks. you privately as yeah. I was listening to that at 12.30 <laughs> at night or whenever you sent it to me. Josh? Look, Sheffield United is still one of the favourites for relegation. Then we have to put this into... Yeah. Yes, also, they have, I, all these teams can do well against They've, they've got a different style of play, which... Mm. Yeah, might have got a probably of play. will probably. They've got a firm style of play. They do, they do. I mean, if we play like different, that, we might have Tierney and Bellerin. Hopefully, we have Tierney, Bellerin, maybe holding, maybe yeah. one nil to the Arsenal. Oh, look at that, and there's positivity for you. I'm going to say two one to Arsenal. Yeah, here's Very hoping. Positive. Nice positive end to a positive podcast. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great fun. Um, I saw you put a picture on your Instagram of a dirty. Uh, oh, vegan yeah. burger. Yeah, sure. Have you got any updates? Dirty Beats. Dirty burger. Beats burger. Did you try it? Do you know what? I didn't actually have it. I had. Well, you just did a photo of it. Yeah, I, well, I did the photo of it because I mentioned it and I kept meaning to take a photo of it. Yeah, but that is, it doesn't look that great to be honest. Dirty right. Beats burger. Well, it's a nice fish and chips. Because I'm not fully vegetarian. I, I do eat fish and stuff. The right. fish and chips is fucking huge. I will tell you that, right? I mean, it's massive. How much right? does that set you back? Boyd? In club level, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, club level. Twelve. I quid? think it was like thirteen quid. Thirteen. For, but it is huge. So give them some credit. Masses and masses of chips. That's all I'm saying, yeah. And a good it, fish. Good it was a good, decent, fish. decent piece of fish, yeah. Okay. Um, thank you very much to Jim Eastlower on Twitter, Dean AFC Camden on Twitter, Josh, Josh Landy on everything. At Josh underscore Landy. Oh, at Josh underscore and me, Boyd Hilton. And um, thanks for listening, and we'll be back after the Sheffield United game. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.